Just before we get into today's episode, I want to cast your ears over here to this promo for a few minutes and explain why you might be missing out if you're not using Adobe Express. You've heard of Adobe, right? The chaps that brought you Illustrator, InDesign, and who hasn't been asked, has this been photoshopped? Adobe is a household name. But have you heard of Adobe Express? I hadn't until the back end of last year, and then, well, I did. Now, I'm not saying that in a few years' time, people will be asking you, where were you when you discovered Adobe Express? But they may ask why you didn't start using it sooner. Using Adobe Express allows endless opportunities to scale up your creatives and improve your efficiency and productivity, as well as anything I've seen or used. Creating and editing all your creative output with more customizable templates than a Rubik's Cube has variations. Well, all right, maybe not 43 quadrillion, but you get the idea. And that is just your basics. It's interoperability between Photoshop and Illustrator. It's a bit of a game changer for workflow management, linking all your assets together. Make changes in one place and boom, all your assets are updated. If you don't want to miss out on any of this, use one of the links in the show notes that will take you to a free trial of Adobe Express. Or why not supersize it and trial the complete Adobe Creative Cloud package, which includes Adobe Express, as you'd imagine. Oh yeah, bonus point. If you're already a Creative Cloud user, Adobe Express is right there waiting for you. Now let's do it. There's a whole mix of employers who are really interested in being involved. And what we're asking them to do is to take 10 women for two days work placement, just two days, and support these women through those two days. And in return, all we ask is that they guarantee an interview for these women. Welcome to Construction Disrupted, the ultimate podcast for the construction industry, exploring the limitless possibilities at the dynamic intersection of construction and technology. Wow, that's a mouthful. Delve into the latest topics, news, events, expert insights, and marketing that are shaping the industry right now and in the future. We'll hopefully sprinkle a little bit of humor in there for you as well. I'm your guide, Peter Sumpton, and I run a construction technology marketing agency, Build Different. If you're ready to embrace disruption and unlock the potential of the construction industry, keep on listening and be part of the conversation that's reshaping the future of construction. If you're not, uh, I really wouldn't bother. It's it's probably not going to be that interesting for you. Whether you're a construction technology professional or just part of the construction industry in general. This podcast is your go-to resource for staying informed, inspired, and of course, connected. Speaking of connected, the best way you can help to support this podcast is by sharing it far and wide and leaving us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. Right then, let's go and build different and get disruptive. Today, we've got a thought-provoking and important topic to discuss. Women in construction. It's a subject that has been gaining increasing attention in recent years, and for good reason. The construction industry is undergoing significant changes in terms of technology and innovation 
But can this also be said in terms of diversity and inclusion? We've seen a surge in interest and conversation about this topic, but the fear is that this is all we've been doing, gaining an interest and sparking conversation. Plainly speaking, it's a numbers game. The more diversity we have within construction, the more diverse voices we have in construction, the more will be done to reduce the imbalances we currently see. But why do we see this as an important step change within construction? What are the benefits here above solving the other critical challenges our industry faces? The answer is within the question itself. First and foremost, gender diversity in the construction industry has the potential to address the skills shortage the industry is currently facing. With an ageing workforce and the ongoing need for new talent, it's imperative that we tap into the full spectrum of our society's talents and resources. Secondly, fostering inclusivity in the sector not only strengthens the workforce, but can also lead to improved company performance and innovation. The construction industry is evolving, and in a perpetual wheel in motion, the more diverse workforce we have, the more changes will occur. All sounds simple, right? Yeah, it is, if we have a steady stream of employable people. The truth is that to fix this problem with women and diversity in construction, we need to take a step back, open up the possible routes to employment at an earlier stage, and diminish the long-standing perception that construction is a male-dominated, physically demanding field. There is more to construction than bricks and block. Everything we've just mentioned is fixable, but it takes time, it takes effort, and not just supporting the cause or getting behind one week out of 52 that are available to magnify the women in construction problem. And this brings me on to our guest. Our guest is actually doing something about this. More talk, more action. And that guest is Naz Lewis Humphrey, Learning and Development Consultant at B Consulting. Naz is an experienced learning and development and EDI professional with over 15 years experience within the construction and recruitment industry, specializing in early careers and apprenticeship recruitment. Her work, you know, the actual doing bit, is liaising, networking, and introducing apprentices, students, and a more diverse talent pool to the built environment. She has worked as a mentor to support women, women of color, and students both entering and working within construction. Shortlisted for the top 100 influential women in construction through being consistently passionate about the sector and campaigning for a more diverse and equal workforce, with both employer and employees. Naz is also a director with LRCTG. Don't think they could have got many letters in there. Uh, London Region Construction Training Group, working to promote education and upskilling for all to ensure a more skilled workforce is continued way, way into the future. Naz, welcome. And have I missed anything out in that intro? Oh, I think you've got everything apart from my school history. That's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's got four GCSEs. She got a B in math. No, <laughs> we, did, we don't go that far in our background check for who comes on the podcast. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. Okay, right. Um, 
little bit of a, a, a falsehood in the title of, of this podcast, The Problem with Women in Construction, as a lot of people might have guessed. I'm not going to rant about we've got an issue with women in construction, but we have got an issue with women in construction in terms of there is this gender imbalance in the sector. According to Go Construct, women make up about 14% of the construction industry workforce. So that's roughly about 320,000-ish. And surprisingly, through research, that figure hasn't changed very much at all, which is which is bizarre. And, and as I spoke in my intro, we talk a lot about this kind of stuff, but are we actually doing it? And that's what Naz is here to discuss. According to the ONS, um, there's a percentage drop to 1% in terms of women in skilled trades in construction. And again, that hasn't changed very much. So, Naz, this is where you start to talk a lot more than I do, because you're the expert here. What is the current issue around women in construction? And why have we got such a, an interest in it, but nothing's changing? Um, well, thank you, first of all, for saying I'm the expert. I don't know if I'm the expert. I'm just another voice in the sector. And obviously, being a woman, uh, to be able to add an opinion. And I think there are so many issues around as to why this is such an issue. And I'll be honest, in the last three to five years, it's gaining a lot of traction. It's gaining a lot of attention but we're still having similar conversations. We're doing a lot more. We're trying to do, um, you know, employers are, are working on bigger initiatives to try and make this sector. And I think one of the biggest things is more attractive to women. The women who are in the sector, you will find without a doubt are passionate. Um, I would never have said that I would have got into construction when I was at school. If someone had said, oh, how about a career in construction? I would have not even considered it in any shape or form. But I'm really passionate about it. I find going on site incredibly uh, interesting, the history, how it started, where it came from, whether it's from house building to heritage sites to, you know, commercial fit outs, whatever it is. There's, I find it incredibly interesting. Um, the women that I do meet that are within the sector are usually 100% exactly the same. Passionate, really talented, hardworking, driven, ambitious. Um, so it's a sector that is feeding those skills, um, mm. most definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think part of, part of the, the, the problem, and, and, and we'll uncover it, in a, in a more detail a little bit later but i think i think part of the problem is there's a lot of falsehoods which i've noticed a few myself and and again we'll come on to that later but it, it goes back to um the industry not changing i mean i was absolutely amazed to find not such a small percentage working in construction but that percentage hadn't changed if you'd asked me before i did any research into this you know, has um, has the sector, the the you know, the gender imbalance imbalance changed much over the last fifty years? I would have said no. Has it changed much over the last ten years? I said, yeah, absolutely, of course it has. But to find out it hasn't, and to be to be part of some initiatives, not not many, admittedly, but some initiatives that really focus in on women in construction, 
and hear a lot of people talking about it. I just find it bizarre that that hasn't changed. It's, it seems a lot of talking and not much action, which is just mind blowing, really. Mm. No, completely. And I think, you know, there are so many issues that surround us to why, why it hasn't changed. Um, you know, we can, as I said, we'll, as you said, we'll discuss solutions, possible incentives or initiatives that we can look at. But I think mm. when you're looking at the attractiveness of the sector, it has this perception of being outside, uh, dirty, uh, male dominated, uh, not encouraging um, f for women and just not somewhere they would consider uh, a career or even an occupation. But I think mm. the sector as a whole is so uh, poor at promoting itself generally across the board. We have a shortage of talent. Yeah. We have a shortage of skills. We know there's an aging workforce. So it's not just women. It's right across the board. So I think the perception of, as a whole is not great. And that is something that we are definitely striving to change and work to enlighten. Yeah. Uh, just be before we move on, I'd quite like to get your own story. So you said you wouldn't even consider construction. So how have you got into construction and, and what keeps you here? So I got into construction by accident. Um, I was offered a temp, I know, I was offered a temporary role uh, where I lived for um, a tier one developer. And I didn't even want to go um, for the job. But the agency said, no, go. They're a great company. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have to say, um, from the word go, I've never worked so hard. I mean, I've worked hard, but this was just completely different. And even though I was based in a project office, hours were long, no flexibility. But my skill set was completely pushed to its limits. And... Mm. I just found it such an interesting concept. Um, we were creating something. We were providing a service uh, to the community because we were building houses. Um, it was essential. And there's a survey. I can't remember who's done it. I think it's Langer Rourke. But they conducted a survey with young people, 11 to 14-year-olds, I think it was, to understand... Um, and also younger children, what occupations they really wanted to do when they were young. And the top mm. occupations that came out were doctor, fire, uh, fireman, uh, or fire person, police person. And these all resonated with providing some service or of value to the community. And if you look at construction, construction mm. does that. It ticks all of those boxes. And the amount of people you talk to, especially graduates and apprentices, and you say to them in years to come, when you look at properties or you look at sites that you've been part of or involved in, and you get this all the time, they'll say, I built that. I was part of that. I was there at that development. And there is a sense of pride and there is a sense of uh, being part of that team, which I don't mm. think that many occupations are able to support. So um, going back to my story, so I joined this company, worked my way through and eventually ended up on the skill side um, of the organization and just stayed with it and then just went from strength to strength um, after that until, you know, where I am now. So, so when, when, you, when you started, were there many other women in your division, uh, sector, department? In 
internally within the project office yes there was there was a few i think it, in my um specific company in the uh, division i was working with we had up to 33 percent females which was a good number but mm. um on site on the site that i was on we it was less than five right <laughs> for sure so that that imbalance and and this isn't talking about your own specific work ethic but when you say you worked hard and there were long hours did you feel you had to prove yourself for, from from being a, a woman i mean um or was it just par for the course you know it, it, it just long hours and, and hard work um i do you know i've never really thought about whether it was because i um, was a woman but there was definitely an element of I'm, i want to prove myself i can do this mm. You know, and this is um, a well-known developer. Um, they're known for, you know, uh, recruiting very sort of um, high, high-value candidates and producing the best properties. And it's just who they were. So you, you almost felt you wanted to be part of that. And if you were part of that, then that kind of resonated with yourself. If that makes sense. Um, and I think because my perception initially was like, this is a tough industry. It's not. A female industry so yeah maybe you're right maybe there was an element of trying to prove yeah i can do this I, as a woman mm -hmm. i can i can really sort of prove my worth i suppose cool so i did a little bit of digging into the recruitment side of, of construction not a lot just just a little bit of digging F from the perspective of um women in construction or, or, or looking for a role and I, one of the first things that came up in the, in the search was women into construction now, this isn't a, a slight on what they're doing or how they've done it and stuff, but they're a not-for-profit and they've been going since the Olympic Park was constructed. They've got a dedicated section called Job Opportunities, okay? So this is a site, Women in, Into Construction, Job Opportunities. And they've listed all their members who they quote are actively working to increase gender diversity within their organization. 112 members on that page and no jobs. They've got a list of all the, the the members. You click on each member. At best, it takes you to a careers page for that company. At worst, a home page. So, so it's, it's just like, I, I'm not saying list all the jobs in the world, but if you're going to be a company that is doing these things, surely you can do a little bit better than just push towards a, a careers page. So digging a little deeper, the Go Construct website has a myths buster section. Okay. Some of the falsehoods I found hilarious, right? Um, but they, they are probably true, but they're just so funny when you start working in construction. So construction only benefits the people who work or invest in it. The industry is dominated by cowboy builders. Construction is dirty and bad for the environment. All construction workers, wolf whistle passes by. Um, I know I'm not being a bit flippant here, but why don't women, and I've answered some of that, but why don't women see construction as an option or a, a route into employment and careers? I think, and one of this is one of my biggest bugbears, I think, um, and again, this is not to have a go at schools or careers advice services that are currently offered because I know that there's not enough uh, mm -hmm. and we know that across all sectors. And how do you 
educate young people today of all the careers that are out there. It's virtually impossible. It's so difficult. Yeah. But one thing you that I find is that young people are not educated or not given the information to understand what is available and what the opportunities are out there. Um, like I said, I am not in the trades. Um, obviously, I know about the trades. I understand the trades. Um, and again, qualifications, had I been given the option, I think, and I don't want to promote qualifications, but for example, the T-level in construction, that might have been something that I would have considered because it might have mm. given me a route for me personally to go into a more management side of construction and to understand construction and then progress further or quicker. I don't know. It's just uh, an idea that maybe some women or girls who are possibly more interested in that side uh, of construction would actually find it quite appealing and, and learn part of a trade. So, you know, there's one example. Um, I think girls do tend to be, they're not given complete access. It's better, 100%, but we know it was only 50 years ago, or maybe longer than that, 60, 70 years ago, where women were told, you know, you either go into typing or you go into beauty and childcare, you know, and now they're realizing actually they can do other things so i think it's about education uh mm. it's and it's about again as i said educating everybody and what i don't want to do is do this as a, a them and us situation where it's like well you know we've got men on one side and women it's a joint thing the sector is short on talent yes we could really do with getting more women on board and the more women we get on board the more it becomes a norm that actually when you walk past a site you will see two or three women on board I know when I've taken students around on site, girls have come up to me and said, you know what, it's so refreshing to see a woman walking around on site. It just makes me feel a little bit more confident that actually I'm not, you know, I haven't made the wrong choice. So I think it will take time, but I think that's one of the initiatives. It's the education piece is definitely um, some work in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I also think after education as well, um, and, and this is from previous conversations I've had, is that it's there's loads of talent out there in different industries as well, and and highlighting the fact that you can you can do what you're doing within the construction setting, um, because a lot of the roles, you know, it, it's just like saying, um, you know, in in a industry for doctors, for example, you know, you want to be a doctor, well what you think of is a doctor you don't see all the other different different roles and 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 you could be in you know pharmaceuticals you could be in technology that that uh, helps doctors diagnose and things like that there's loads of different things and it's the same in construction i don't think we do that enough a lot goes under the radar and it's all about the bricks and the blocks and and the actual build so i think there's loads we can do in terms of highlighting that as well completely 100% and i think um when you look at construction and you suddenly start digging and seeing some of the occupations and understanding, we talk about it's a career for life. You can mm. start from absolutely at the bottom and you can end up being a director and running your own company. The potential there is unbelievable. And one of the things we always say in schools is construction is all around you. No matter what you do, you are affected by construction, whether it's the house you live in, whether it's the school you go to, whether it's the place of work you live in, no matter what you do, construction is all around you. Infrastructure, transport, it, it's there. So you can't do without it. It's essential.
<laughs> yeah, for, for sure, one hundred percent. And in in some um, in some instances, it actually shapes our our lives, and and it can transform cultures and, and areas of the country as as, as well. Uh, okay, let's let let's move on, and I want to kind of look at bigger picture but i want to set the scene by telling you two very short and, and little stories here um first of all when i was when i was working for, for a company within construction uh, it's when all the gender pay gap came into 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 the light and there was some kind of stipulation that said you have to declare what the the pay gap is um so this organization that i was working for decided to publish that but they published it by putting it on a web page that wasn't linked to the website and you can only get to if you had that URL. So it's like just, just craziness, you know, talk about openness and transparency, but not so much. The second one was, I was on a business management course way, way back. It wasn't great to be, to be fair, but the tutor, he stated some fact that in, let's say 2023, there's an initiative for every board, in the UK to be 50-50 split male and female. And I just said, that's rubbish, absolute rubbish. It, it, it's pointless because I'm a firm believer of you write for the role, you get the role. And But the thing that I didn't realize back then was that I think like that, but many others don't. And there's that cognitive bias that goes on in recruitment and etc etc um but for me it, it, it just showed that even when we try to do the positive things there can be they can be seen as, as kind of negative and those two stories sort of span the industry if you like and there's probably loads of others like that so if we look at it from an industry sector perspective what can we do as an industry to improve this I think I think we're all responsible. I don't think we can point the finger. I think everybody would like to say, well, it's your issue, it's your issue, it's government, it's employ it's not, it's everyone's. I think we mm -hmm. all have to take an active part. We can't just all push this build up uh, this bold builder or this boulder up a hill mm -hmm. ourselves. We all have to be um I, I don't want to say singing from the same hymn sheet, but we all have to be driving this campaign forward and doing something towards making yeah. this um not such an issue so employers as you say you know a good example is the jobs board making that more available making jobs more uh, accessible to women's networks making um you know being active in your recruitment being more positive and encouraging saying we would like to see more women uh, coming forward and I think the problem we have a lot of the time, as much as construction is a hugely supportive industry from uh, in the respect of learning, I have never met a supervisor or a manager who doesn't want to support an individual coming through that. And I think that's one of the reasons why I really enjoy working there. But we do find a lot of the time when we're recruiting they want somebody with experience, but that's going to die down and, and we're going to get a point where we do need to start training we do need to start bringing people who are in who aren't um as qualified or experienced mm. and we are going to start having to be a bit more creative in where we look for those people but i, I don't think it's just that either i, I think there's there's a, a a huge positive to be had from 
that diversity of people within any department, within any company, because that brings different cultures. It brings different ways of thinking. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be the most experienced. Sometimes that naivety um, can can be an absolute positive thing. And I, I relate it to something that m my friend said when we were playing golf and I don't play golf, dodgy shoulder and I was rubbish. But um, when we when we did play golf, um, he, he said to me, the issue with golf is that when you're young, you just think of what can go right when you're going to hit the ball. And when, as you get older, you progressively start to think of what could go wrong when you hit the ball. <laughs> and therefore, it's just terrible <laughs> and, and you don't enjoy it as much because you, you're going in with that negative attitude. And again, bringing it back to what we we're saying, it's like that naivety can bring in ideas which 20 years their senior would probably look at it and go, no, we can't do that. Whereas they're, they're all gung-ho for it, you know? So there's there's huge to be said for that little bit of naivety, I think. Oh, definitely. And we, you know, we've discussed this so many times where you hear having a more diverse team, having, you know, a much more balanced team increases productivity. It just does. Um, mm. It goes without saying whether, you know, we're increasing the sort of the brief of the cultures we're bringing in, but also, you know, the equality uh, of individual coming in. And I think one of the things that we've noticed with working with grads uh, and apprentices, actually that freshness, that new uh, perspective on ideas, just simple little things, but also working with them and bringing that confidence up and actually making them feel like they're part of that team. And just that is the one thing, as I say, I really do enjoy about construction. It is so embedded in teamwork because you just can't, you can't go in there and do it on your own. You have to have a team. Yeah, completely. Right. Okay. So, so this brings us to a real crossroads here. Okay. So what, what we're talking about and, and kind of through research and, and what I've uncovered is that very little is changing other than people talking about it. Um, don't get me wrong. There's people doing amazing things, but in the main, the people that we need to do things seem to be talking about it and not doing an awful lot. So, so they're preaching a good preach, but they're not actually walking that, that, that walk. Um, and I think we've all seen those progressive companies that promote EDI, but you look at their C-suite and it looks more like a Statler and Waldorf convention than it does a group of diverse execs. So I'm going to put this on on your shoulders. Um, you've been in the you've been in the industry for uh, no pressure here, just to solve out solve everything to do with women in construction. So there's no pressure within this question. Um, but what? are you actually doing and what is uh, B Consulting actually doing to address this? So I think one of the things I would say across the whole piece and for women wanting to get into the sector, women who are in the sector, I think the biggest thing is to be brave, to really, and I don't mean like, you know, go out there with your sword and, and your shield, but to be brave and to speak up. Um, the more we speak up, the more change will happen and the more growth will incur. It's not easy. Um, but there are more and more groups, networks that are there to support women and individuals that want women in the sector. So it is growing. And I have to say, five years ago, some of the uh, groups and networks weren't around that there are today. And there's, you know, we call it there's a tribe that is building. And, you know, they've got some really good voices and they've got some really 
um, more senior roles than they had maybe five years ago. So I think yeah. that is the one thing I'd say, be brave, um, speak up. Um, myself, as I said, I took that initiative and thought, right, what what is it I can do? Um, I love working in the sector. I love working with the clients I work with. And it just so happened, I was in an office, I saw um, a 10 ton 360 digger and said to the director there, I'd really like to get some women on one of those. And he said, well, why don't you? Hmm. And I was like, well, can I? And he was like, yeah, why not? Why don't you bring some women in? Let's see if we can get them. And that's how an idea began. And now what we've got is a program, a training and work placement program, which we are hoping to deliver for the spring of next year, where we will be working with individual disciplines within the sector from ground workers, painting and decorating, uh, highway maintenance. There's a whole mix of employers who are really interested in being involved. And what we're asking them to do is to take 10 women for two days work placement, just two days, and support these women through those two days. And in return, all we ask is that they guarantee an interview for these women. So they have access to a fresh talent pool of women that they never would have had. And again, some may be successful, some may not. They may not get any, but actually they are opening up that recruitment process. And also what we will offer the women in return is obviously the two-day placement, health and safety overview, an overview of the sector, an overview of the actual employer they're working with. We will give them a personalised skill strategy, which we are working with the supply chain sustainability school to build for them. So they'll have a digital platform to work from. So they'll be learning attached. And also um, we're hoping to give them a PPE pack as well. So they'll be completely set up. And again, that's just from two days uh, placement. And if it goes well, we're looking to roll this out possibly to about 150 to 200 women for the first program. Nice. Fantastic. And like I said, right at the start, you're walking, walking their walk and actually doing something about it. And you imagine if, if the majority of large organizations in this sector said, okay, we'll do that even just once a year we'll 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 take 10 people and we'll do that what you've just said um and provide all that i mean that's that's a huge change um in the imbalance but also a, a, a cultural shift um which is different to what we've got and the norm and i think you know not to um overshadow what certain organizations are doing there are some amazing placement mm. schemes out there or specifically women, there are some amazing uh, placements that employers are trying to initiate. But I think where this is slightly different, it's short, it's not resource heavy, and it's just opening the doors. If it leads on to other things, fantastic. We just want to open the door for both the employer and the employee. We know that we can get women through the door and young um, women as well who are interested they don't necessarily want to give up a whole week of their time, but actually they just want to go and have a look. Actually, I'm quite interested. Oh, I never considered this. I never considered that. Mm. It's just opening up that conversation. Fantastic. Now, I hope you'll come back on and um, probably pre and post this this launch <laughs> uh, that, that, that you're doing to, to to promote it and and also chat about how, how it went um, because it, it sounds fantastic and I'm, I'm a huge 
advocate of anybody that's willing to stick their neck out there and and and, and do what they um enjoy and believe in um uh, in 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 a healthy and 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 passionate way and you're certainly doing that so thank you very much for your time i really really do appreciate it thank you i appreciate your time thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day and giving this a listen if you want to chat further about anything you've heard on today's episode have a topic or technology you'd like me to cover or simply want to say hiya you'll find me on linkedin or through the emails peter at builddifferent.marketing. Stay disruptive.